so glad you could join us for mornings at YCVC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. So we are continuing our focus on moving forward, as I've already said. And, and so the good news is, as, as we've talked about, there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's hope. Uh, there's a, a tangible sense. Uh, I feel it. I hope you feel it now of, of being able to move forward. There might be a tricky few weeks and months ahead, but, but we've got a, got a pathway to move forward in the tangible and so this week is part two of our Moving Forward series. And, and so, as I said, in this series, we're focusing not just on the tangible dates. We're focusing not just on the restrictions and things like that. We're focusing on the weightier things that we, we need to think about as a church in moving forward. And that's less kind of this date, this restriction, this tangible thing. It's, it's more of those unseen, heavenly priority Uh, type things. And so last week we talked about unity. And so if you missed last week's uh, service and and you haven't caught up on the message, I I really want to encourage you to do that, to grab that. That is, I think, the number one key thing for us to focus on as a church moving forward uh, is that we do that together, that we do that in unity. So um, yeah, do encourage you to to pick up uh, if you missed out last week to, to grab that message. This week I'm calling the message Salt and Light. Um, but what I really want to talk about is how do we as followers of Jesus, how do we as the church show up in the world? Uh, how do we speak into the world? What is our presence in the community like? Uh, what do our words say about us and, and what do they say about God? And, and the context of that at the moment is a, is a world or a community that is prone to fear, that is prone to outrage, angst, distrust, offense, dishonor, those kind of things. And, and so it's really important at the moment that we, that we think clearly and I think biblically about these kind of things. And, and so the question is, who are we called to be in this context? How do we use our voice as followers of Jesus in this context? And also, I think, what does the world need from the church right now? As we think about these things, we're going to jump into that passage in a moment that was read for us this morning, Matthew 5, that, that part of the Sermon on the Mount. But, but I just want to take Colossians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5 as a, as a bit of a template to think about how we act and how we speak in the world. And so if you um, have your Bibles, I encourage you to, to, to jump in and have a look at Colossians chapter 4, verses uh, 5 and 6. Sorry if I said that wrong a moment ago. Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6 says this. Be wise. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace. Season with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. And so this uh, pair of verses talks about how we act, uh, how, we, how we behave amongst outsiders, and how we have conversation or how we, how we speak into the world. And so this is kind of a bit of a template. This is a bit of a guide of how we act and how we speak in the world at the moment. And so the first thing I want to explore is that, that first part of that. How do we act or how do we as followers of Jesus show up in the community? Just to remind you, Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 says, Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. And so the key there is that that first two words, be wise. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Now, we often talk about uh, this scripture, this, this Bible passage in the context of evangelism. 
and it certainly has its place in that conversation. That is, that is key to what this passage is about. But I want to suggest this morning that it actually should shape the entire way that we act and show up in the world. All of our behavior in the world to outsiders, those outside of faith and outside of the church at this point in time, all of our action, all of our behavior, not even just when we're evangelizing or when we're conscious of of being on mission in the community, but all of our life should be shaped by wisdom. And in fact, we shouldn't ever be kind of on or off, we should always think of ourselves as as on mission in the world. And so the Apostle Paul encourages us to think about how we act with wisdom. That takes intentionality. That's not just a reactionary thing. It takes careful thought to engage, to show up in the world in a way that is, is wise. And so if we think about, well, what does wisdom look like in the context of the world at the moment? What does behaving in wise ways look like at the moment? Then I think those words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 that were our Bible reading this morning are are really key um, to the wisdom that we need to carry at the moment. If we go back to Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, Jesus says this to his followers. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except for it to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And so Jesus is calling his followers the salt of the earth. Now, if we think about the properties of salt, we, we think about things like it has a, a capacity to preserve things. It, it has a capacity to enhance, enhance flavor. It, it, it can also be used in kind of uh, sanitizing things. It, it can give life in that sense. Uh, but Jesus' focus here is on what happens if it loses its saltiness. Well, the thing is, if salt loses its saltiness, it, it loses its value completely. Uh, this might seem a little bit cryptic at this point, though, until we, until we add um, the verses that follow that. Why is Jesus concerned with, with salt losing its saltiness? Well, if we go on to verse 14 and 15, we find a more familiar metaphor in, in terms of light. And so Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on, a, on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. And so Jesus calls his followers the salt of the earth. And, and then he goes on to call them uh, the light of the world. Uh, and so just as salt that loses its saltiness is of no value, light that is hidden is also worthless. It's pointless. And so here we're, we're in the Uh, territory of a more familiar metaphor. Light biblically speaks of hope. It speaks of God's goodness. It speaks of life. It speaks of truth. It it speaks of the good news of the gospel. And, And so Jesus is essentially saying to his followers, that's who you are called to be to the world. And so if that is hidden, it loses its value. That gives some sense to, well, if, if salt loses its saltiness, then it loses its value. If we're no longer salty as followers of Jesus, then we've lost our value. What all this means, though, is really made clear in verse 16. Uh, Jesus follows this by saying, in the same way. So just as 
We're called to be salt. If we lose saltiness, then we've lost our value. Just as we're called to be light, if we if we hide that light, then we've lost our value. In the same way, Jesus says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so this verse makes it clear that what Jesus is talking about here is how we behave in the world. He's talking about how we show up to the community, to the world around us. He's saying to his followers, you're called to be, to be salt and light. You're called to bring flavor. You're called to preserve. You're called to bring light. You're called to be light and bring, you know, shine the light into the darkness. Bring hope and peace and joy and kindness and compassion and, and, and truth. And so all this is summed up. What, what kind of behaviors we're called to exhibit through being salt and light is, is summed up in that last phrase so that they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We often think of good deeds as kind of just the literal going out of our way to do something good, like you know mowing someone's lawn or, or doing an, an act of service in that sense. But it's certainly those things. But I think Jesus here is talking about the way we act in every moment. He's saying that if you if you if you come into the world as salt, if you come into the world as light, if that's how we show up, then then people will see how we show up in the world in the community. They'll look at you as a follower of Jesus and be drawn towards praising God. And so if the church loses its point of difference, if the church loses its capacity, its intention to show up in the world differently to the culture of the community around it, just as salt losing its saltiness, we've lost our value. Just as light that is hidden, we've lost our value. If the church is merely an echo of the way the world shows up with one another. I'm going to drop my Bible. Just if the world is an echo of, of, of the, the culture of the community, then, then we've lost our value to the world. And so how, how do we show up in this moment? Well, we're, we're called to be that salt and light. We're called to be wise. Uh, and of course, this is always, but I think especially now in this season, as the world is kind of still grappling with, with all that the, the pandemic has stirred up, as the world is still churning with, with angst and, and, and fear and uh, division and tension, we're called to show up to those around us, to the community around us as, as salt and light. And so... We, we need to ask ourselves as, as we kind of think through what wisdom looks like. Are we embodying hope or fear? Are we embodying love and truth or angst and outrage? Ultimately, do people see us in how we show up, in how we behave, in how we act in the world and get drawn towards glorifying our Father in heaven? How do we show up in the world? Well, Jesus gives us those metaphors of salt and light. And so I just want to, you know, give us a tangible thought. It, it, we need to show up as salt and light in the world to think about, you know, when we walk out our front door, how am I going to be salt today? How am I going to uh, bring flavor and enhancement and, and perseverance, uh, preservation and life today? How am I going to shed light today into the world in the way I show up? How do we show up in the world, church? Well, we're called to be salt and light.
And a big part of how we show up isn't just our actions. It's, it's how we speak into the community, into the, the world around us. Uh, we're very uh, word-oriented creatures as humans. And so uh, such a, a huge aspect of, of our presence in the world is, is what we have to say. You know, we, we talk about action speaking louder than words, and there's truth to that, but, but there's, there's such a, a large amount of words that come from us that, that we can't ignore the words that we say as part of how we show up in the world. And so in this season, I, I really believe that we need to take extra care with our words. As, as, as I've talked about already, some of the dynamic of the world at the moment is, is a dynamic of offense and outrage. And, and so we don't need to live in fear with how we use our words, but we do need to, to take care. We need to think about how do we speak into the context of the world at the moment as followers of Jesus. Well, if we go back to Colossians chapter 4, um, verse 6 now, this, this template that we're using to think about our actions and our words. Uh, verse 6 of Colossians, um, sorry, verse 26. No, I'm completely lost. Verse 6 of Colossians chapter 4. Sorry, wrong, wrong book. I was in Ephesians. Verse 6 of Colossians chapter 4 says this. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And so the Apostle Paul says, as followers of Jesus, our conversation should be full of grace and seasoned with salt. Now, the word conversation here in the NIV Bible that I'm using more accurately, more correctly, would would be translated as speech. Let your speech uh, be full of grace, seasoned with salt. Or, Or even more literally, let your words be full of grace and seasoned with salt. The, the Greek word here is logos. Uh, and so therefore, I believe that this, this instruction that our, that, our, that our conversation, that our speech, that our words should be seasoned with grace and full of salt applies to all of our words. Now, I'm sure in his humanness, the Apostle Paul couldn't have imagined all of the ways that we have to speak into the world today in, in his time when he wrote this on, you know, probably parchment uh, with, with, a, with a quill. But I believe that this, this instruction in God's word applies to every single way that we use our words in the world today. And so it's not just in our conversation or in our speech. It's, it's in our tweets. It's in our texts. It's in our posting. It's in our sharing. It's in our comments. Uh, it's online. It's offline. It's public. It's private. This applies to every single way that we use words in the world today. And so our words in all of those contexts should be filled with grace. And that's a word that encapsulates God's favor, God's mercy, his goodness, his unique characteristic as the divine almighty God. Our words should be filled with his grace and seasoned with salt. I like that phrase, seasoned with salt. It, it gives me the, the kind of visual image of, of, our, of our words having, you know, a sprinkling as you, as you would kind of sprinkle salt on a dish to season it. Our, our words have a sprinkling, intentionally so, with the good news, with the gospel, with the flavor of heaven. Uh, the Greek kind of has this idea of making ready in, in a sense of it. A dish isn't ready until it's seasoned with salt. I think we've all tasted something that's been a bit bland. But then once we get the salt out, once we get the salt onto it and we just add, we season it with salt, it just brings such a richness of flavor to it. 
in a sense, is not finished until it's seasoned with with salt. And so in this, this context, thinking of our words being seasoned with salt, our words aren't ready to be sent forth into the world until they've been seasoned with the salt of God's goodness, with the salt of the gospel, with the salt of his love, his mercy for those who are going to hear our words. And so our words, our speech, our tweets, our text, all of that, our posts, our shares, our comments should be full of grace and seasoned with salt. In Ephesians, and this is where I got steered wrong, I had a bookmark in Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29, the Apostle Paul kind of speaks more or or writes more into this context of of how we should speak into the world as followers of Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29, he has this to say, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And so the first thing there is we as we think about how do we speak into the world, the Apostle Paul says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. The Greek words there mean kind of literally rotten or overripe fruit. And so it carries the, the meaning of kind of corruption, of poor quality, of, of being unfit for consumption. And so this means so much more than bad language. The, the four-letter words that we, that we kind of teach our children to, to not say and try and avoid ourselves, this, this means so much more than that. This means all language that is unfit for a follower of Jesus, that doesn't represent who he is as a person and who we should be as his followers. This means that unwholesome talk includes words that stir up fear or dishonor, or words that cause... Uh, inappropriately cause offence. Anything that is unfit for a follower of Jesus should not come from our mouth or from our keyboards or from our phones. The Apostle Paul says, don't let that stuff get out of you. Now, we all need to be honest. We all need to confess that we have unwholesome thoughts from time to time, or at least I do. But if we think about how we speak into the world, the Apostle Paul is saying, don't let that come out. But he also says how we should speak. He says in the second part of that verse, and I'll read it again just to refresh our memory. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only, so this is how we should speak, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And so the Apostle Paul is saying, don't speak this way, do speak this way. Do speak in ways that are helpful for building other people up. Do speak in ways that address their needs. Do speak in ways that benefit the listener. And that's the key thing here. Our speech into the world at this moment, at all times, but especially at this moment, should be for the benefit of the listener, not for us as we speak. The Apostle Paul, again, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 3 and 4, speaks of, of the impact that prophecy has when we, when, we, when we speak out prophetic words. Now, not all speech is prophecy, of course, but, but I think what the Apostle Paul has to say here should shape how we speak our words into the world at the moment. And, and I do believe that there is a sense that even whether we might label it prophecy or not, that the voice that we have into the community as followers of Jesus should be a prophetic one. 
And so in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3 and 4, uh, the Apostle Paul says this. He's speaking about the difference between tongues and prophecy, so that's that's the context. But he says, But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. And so there's a difference between what prophecy looks like in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant and in the New Testament under the New Covenant of Grace. Uh, established in the blood of Jesus. If we speak prophetically, uh, and I think, as I said, this should shape how we speak as followers of Jesus in every aspect of our life in the world, we should speak for the strengthening, encouragement, and comfort of others. Of course, true strength, true true courage, and and true comfort are only found in Jesus. And so as followers of Jesus, we, we should speak in ways that lead people towards finding those in him. It's not just about, oh, good on you, you're doing great. Uh, that, that may be part of it as we encourage others. But, but we should think about our words in a way that how are we going to speak that in a way that brings strength to others? How are we going to speak in a way that encourages others? How are we going to speak in a way that comforts others in the world at the moment as followers of Jesus? Because the thing is, they'll never hear a word about Jesus and how good he is if all of our other words and comments and tweets and shares and posts and texts are about tearing down. And so how do we speak into the world in this this current environment? Well, I want to urge this church to to speak, to post, to comment, to share, etc. I think we've got the point. To use words in ways that build others up, that benefit them, that help them, that give them hope, that give them courage, that give them confidence, that give them peace. And to not allow the unhelpful, the corrupt, the unwholesome words come from us. There's enough of that in the world at the moment without it being perpetuated by the followers of Jesus. And so I want to encourage you to think about your words as being like Lego. And by that, what I mean is let your, think about your words when you're about to speak as how is this going to build rather than tear down. I'm not going to be able to build anything super impressive while I'm talking but but how are my words going to be constructive how are my words going to be helpful how are my words going to build up rather than tear down because the last thing the church is called to be in this season i believe is to be it's not super impressive i'm sure your words can build something more uh, amazing than that but let's think of our words as lego bricks as, as tools to build up, to bring hope, to bring courage, to bring life, to bring love, and not as tools to tear down, to, to knock over, to undermine, to cause offence. The good news is we are moving forward. The good news is that we have, you know... Our hope isn't in the government, but we have a pathway from the government to move forward. The good news is as a church, we're moving forward in unity. Uh, we're moving forward in how we show up in the world. And, and so 
as I kind of thought about how am I going to close this message this morning, I had stuck in my head that song, What the World Needs Now, you know, I won't uh, cause you the pain of having to listen to me sing it, but what the world needs now is love, sweet love. And, and I think, yes, that's absolutely true. The world needs love from the church. What does the world need from the church right now? Well, it, it needs love because as Jesus says, as the scriptures say, if we love others, then, then that fulfills the law. But as I think more deeply about what does the world need now from the church in, in a more tangible sense? Well, I think the world needs a church that shows up as salt that shows up as light, that shows up as hope and peace and joy in the way that we that we are present in the world, in the way that we act in the world. The world needs a church that speaks, that texts, that tweets, that posts, that shares, that comments, that that speaks with words, filled with wisdom and grace, seasoned with salt, filled with courage, strength and comfort. In essence, the world needs the church to show up and speak in in the way it's always been called to be. The world does not need more fear, outrage and offence. The world needs the church. The world needs the followers of Jesus to be who we're called to be. The world needs the hope that is only truly found in Jesus himself. So my prayer for myself and for us as a church is that we would be wise enough to act and to speak in ways that demonstrate the goodness of Jesus to the world. That draw them towards ultimately glorifying God and finding salvation in him. And so I'm going to pray now and then we're going to worship in song together and then we'll close off our time this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for the reminder from Scripture of who we're called to be, of how we're called to show up, of how we are called to speak into this world. And so I pray that your Holy Spirit would transform our hearts and our minds, that we would do and be and speak as you've called us to be as your church. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.